Hello world and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. I am your host, Curtis Friesland. This month, my very special guest is none other than James, a.k.a. at Retro Pixel, a big supporter of the CC Portable. Welcome, James. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? Oh, man. I am I am good. We are in 2019. Uh, brand new year. You know, it's, it's the world is our oyster right now it always feels good when you get to a new year um and uh yeah i'm feeling good it's like the honeymoon phase right in a relationship every everything's all sunshine and rainbows right now how are you feeling in 2019 oh 20 i'm optimistic for uh for a good year um as we record this right now, we're getting hammered by a massive snowstorm, but beyond that, you know what? I'm doing pretty darn all right. Right, yeah. You guys are in that big uh, polar vortex I keep hearing about where you look at – you see the maps on the news, and it's like all purple. And well, purple, it's all white for usually... me. It's not, there ain't no purple. <laughs> what, what's the temperature at where you're at? Oh, goodness. Uh, I think it was floating around minus 19. Ugh, is that before wind chill? Yeah, I think that might have been with. Uh, right now, it's minus 13, though. That is disgusting. I'm in I shorts agree. and a t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I secretly hate you a little bit. Yeah, well, you're always more than welcome to come hang out in California with us. Well, it sounds good right about now. Um, yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to have you here. You actually requested to be on this episode. Does that make you a big – are you like a big Shantae fan? Is that what that is? You know what this one is? It basically comes down to I know a lot about this game in terms of just hearsay. It's supposed to be a fantastic title. I've never had a chance to actually sit through and do it. And I thought this is the perfect way for me to like actually get this one done and under my belt. If I wasn't a part of the show, then – I'd probably start it, maybe finish it within the month, but I wouldn't feel the pressure to actually like just go head on with it. Yeah. And I knew being uh, a part of the podcast, I ultimately had to finish it. Right. So that was a perfect way to make sure that it did happen. Well, you've been trying, you, you've wanted to be on the CC portable forever. And I'm so glad we finally got you on here. And, uh, I cannot wait to talk about this game. This is a, this is a unique game that I I don't know if a lot of people have played uh, Shantae, um, and I, I guess I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me uh, go back a sec. For for all of you who are listening, I'm sure you already know by now. But this month we played the original Shantae for the Game Boy Color, and it is perhaps the most expensive game we've played so far on CC Portable. I think it is. Uh, the I, I just recently checked eBay to see what the latest sale prices were for a loose cartridge of this game and it was right around $500 which is absolutely insane do you own a legit copy of Shantae James uh, I did not I uh, sorry I do not uh, but I was able to experience this as close as possible to the, having the original cartridge I actually used an EverDrive ah. so I was able to get the exact experience that anyone would owning a legit cartridge I just didn't spend an obscene amount of money to get it. No, of course. It's like, and and we'll discuss that as we get to the game if it's worth the price. But it rarely is with these games that are, you know, hundreds of dollars uh, versus, you know, what you did, which is, 
you know, basically free. I myself played it on the 3DS. I downloaded it from the eShop. It's five bucks. And to me, that is just as good as anything else. Uh, oh, absolutely. But I, I would have liked to play it. I, I, I do prefer to play uh, games on the original hardware it was developed for. So I do miss out on that. And I'll be interested to hear. Did you play it on uh, Game Boy Advance SP? Yeah, I did the SP. I wanted something that had a backlit screen. Gotcha. Um, and it also, well, I don't, won't go too far into it, but apparently this was Game Boy Advanced Enhanced. So we can also touch base on that later on, too. Ooh, we'll get back to that in a second. And we keep skirting around the issue. We might as well just get into it. Let's talk about Shantae for the Game Boy Color. Uh, give you a little backstory, some history on the game. It was originally released in North America on June 2nd, 2002. This is the first game in the Shantae franchise, followed by three sequels. Uh, Risky's Revenge, The Pirate's Curse, and Half-Genie Hero, which just so happens to be the game of the month for CC Prime this month in January 2019. Uh, but back to the original Shantae, the game sold incredibly poorly on its original release. It's rumored to have sold around 20,000 to 25,000. It never had a second print run, uh, to give you an idea of why it's so expensive. Um, it came out, the, the re a lot of people believe the reason it was kind of a, a failure was it came out after the Game Boy Advance had come out. So the Game Boy Color was dwindling down, nobody cared about it anymore, and um, everybody was all about the Game Boy Advance. However, it has since gained considerable recognition and is considered to be one of the best games for the Game Boy Color. So I guess everything worked out in the end. Um, have you played any of the other Shantae games? Did you play Half Genie Hero, I guess? Uh, I played some of the other ones. I have them, uh, physical copies on uh, PlayStation 4, and I it's been a number of years since I've touched them, so I honestly remember next to nothing on them. But I have that's that was my first iteration of the Shantae franchise. And was then, the uh, this one, the, the original? Uh, no, the ones that were on the PlayStation. Those were my first. Oh, the, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That was my first iteration of playing the Shantae games. I've never touched the, the quote, Game Boy Color version ever in my life until uh, this month. Right. Well, I uh, the first game I played was The Pirate's Curse for the 3DS, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. I also have played Half Genie Hero. I played that uh, earlier this month, and I beat that. I uh, haven't ever played Risky's Revenge. Um, th these have had really strange releases, the Shantae games. Uh, the Risky's Revenge was originally just a downloadable title for, like, DSiWare or something. Um, you can download it on the eShop and some other platforms now. Uh, Pirate's Curse was another downloadable game, and then it got a physical release. I have it on the 3DS. And then Half Genie Hero came out. That was actually crowdfunded, and it came out on a bunch of platforms, uh, Wii U and the Xbox, PS4, uh, and recently the Switch. Um, but again, we're here to talk about the one that started it all, Shantae. Are you ready to dive into the game, James? Absolutely. Let's do it. So the story, to boil it down to its most basic elements, is Shantae, the guardian genie of Scuttletown, is tasked with retrieving the four elemental stones to stop the nefarious pirate Risky Boots from creating an unstoppable weapon. And at the beginning of this game, you are kind of off and running. She gets woken up in the middle of the night because uh, the Tinker Bats and Risky Boots attack Scuttletown, and she has to go uh, try to save the day. 
Let's talk about the game, James. What do you think? Uh, we're going to get into the pros and cons right now. What do you want to start with, a pro and a con? I'm leaving it up to you. Um, you know, I guess we'll do uh, – let's go with the pros, and then we'll uh, move on into the cons. Sure. Hit me. You got a pro? Oh, I got a pro, the music. The music. Not something we talk about often on the CC Portable. Tell me about the music. Oh, fantastic. There was uh, so much variation. Um, I find myself with a lot of the... Uh, this isn't an always case, but for the most part, these portable titles, there's a lot of tracks that don't get an awful lot of variety. There is mm -hmm. a ton of variety in this game. It, it felt like a really robust release. I agree. I think the mark of a good soundtrack is when you put the game down and you're, it's a couple hours later, maybe you're making dinner, you're uh, going to the bathroom, who knows what you're doing, and you start humming it. And you're like, what is this? Oh my gosh, that's from Shantae. I, I'm, I'm humming Shantae right now. Like That to me is when you know they've done something right. And I definitely had that with this game. Alrighty, another plus that I have is the graphics. Oh, we can we can spend a little little more time on the graphics because I I was so impressed with the graphics, the sprite work. Uh, we can start there. Um, Shantae looks great. Risky Boots looks great. Uh, all, all the the characters in general, really colorful, very diverse and different. Um, yeah, uh, talk to me. What 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 did you think? Oh, there's a. I was actually. A little bit concerned before even powering this up, having seen the the later versions on the PlayStation 4, I was like, how watered down is this going to be? And honestly, I was surprised. There is an awful lot of detail. There's, uh, like, let's say if you're going into a crouch position, it's not just Shantae crouching. She does, like, a cute little butt wiggle as she moves along. They put in an awful lot of extra little details that you wouldn't ever think that you'd be able to see on such a tiny screen. Oh, Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the dances that she does, you know, it's the, the animation is just super, super impressive. Uh, and I, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, one thing that really stood out to me, speaking of like the animations, you know, when she's in the town in, in any of the towns and it kind of goes that that was such a brilliant way of doing it instead of just walking side to side like a regular 2d side scroller yeah having that that was fantastic that blew me away the first town that i walked into and I, like after leaving i was just like oh my goodness like i mean i'm it was almost like a pov view or whatever you want to call that right I'm not, yeah pov it's not first person so I, I call it a pov view where you can see the back of her silhouette basically and the, the townspeople and the buildings are in front of you, and you can navigate that way through left and right. Yeah, and it almost had a, a scaling effect when she would walk into a building, which seemed really impressive on the Game Boy Color. You know, what, I actually, I would almost like to take this, as much as I you know, said that I wanted to um, enjoy this with something like... Um, actually, let's finish off with that, and then we'll talk about the hardware that we played on in sure. terms of... Uh, but the graphics alone were honestly a lot more than what I thought the Game Boy Color could really handle. This really felt like a Game Boy Advance game. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely. Uh, and and it goes to show with these late release titles, this typically happens on any system when you get to the end of it that the the developers can kind of maximize the power of that system and this it's you don't if you play a lot of game boy color games which there isn't a whole lot that people go back to on the game boy color but go go play some other game boy color games they do not look like shantae shantae is in a league of its own when it comes to the graphics oh absolutely 100 percent i've even in my youth, I don't remember having an awful lot of experience with uh, the Game Boy Color. I had a ton for the original DMG. Like, I grew up on that thing, and I actually wore out my original DMG because I used it so much. Mm, nice. My parents had to buy me another one for Christmas a couple years later because I just wore the other one out. But uh, the Game Boy Color, it had some notable titles, but nothing that looked remotely close to Shantae that i ever pl- uh, played in my lifetime yeah and if you guys have anything out there that you think needs to get a shout out for uh, a game that stands up to shante please let me know you know hit me up on twitter at cc portable unite i would love to know if there's any other games that i've missed out on the on the game boy color that come close to this because uh, i just I, I don't know you know do you do you know of any other games no, that i'm this- I have very little, very little history with the Game Boy Color. As much as I owned one in my youth, um, I pretty much played all my older games on it, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and while we're talking about that town really quick, one thing I want to bring up as a, another pro that I loved was this kind of revolving world that Shantae is in. Uh, when you go into a town, there is you don't hit a wall. You just keep walking around in a circle. You know, uh, there is no end point. And the game itself, which I guess could be described as a Metroidvania type game, is also like that. You just keep going around in a circle. If you keep going right, you'll eventually go all the way back around to where you started. And I can't think of... I don't know if I can even think of another game that does that. Can you think of another game that has that feature to it? Not off the top of my head, no. No, it's like you said, normally you get to a point where, you know, that that's the cutoff. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a novel idea, and I wonder why they don't use it more. In fact, uh, if I can go off on a side tangent here, Half Genie Hero does not employ this, and Pirate's Curse does. So I can say, I guess, that you know, the, the revolving world is a, a Shantae staple and they took it out of half genie hero. And it really bothered me. Half genie hero feels like you're going into levels. And that was a mark against half genie hero for me, big time. I really do have to get back into playing the, uh, the later releases now that I've actually been invigorated with, uh, a love for this franchise with this title. But, um, Basically, for anyone that hasn't played this before, I'm going to describe the way that you navigate town. Imagine yourself standing in the middle of town and being on a lazy Susan, and you can just control yourself moving all the way to the left and continuing on and continuing on, and eventually you're going to hit that point again once you hit that 360-degree mark. This is great. I'm loving it. Yes, keep going. <laughs> that's, that's basically the, the way that I envisioned it. Once I had a little bit of time in town, I'm like, you know, I'm not walking past these buildings. I'm basically standing in the center of town and turning my body itself in whatever degree that I need to go in order to visit that building. It's not me walking through the town. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way that I envisioned it. 
yeah, kudos to Way Forward for that. Um, Alrighty. Um, I guess on. I can pop in with. Uh, I'm going to call this both a plus and a negative, and I can get into why. And that is the dance mechanic to switch into uh, your animal forms. And I love it, but James, you got to use the correct terminology here on CC Portable. It's a pro or a con. Pro or a con. Alrighty. So this is a pro and a con. This is both a pro and a con. It was fun in being able to get used to doing it, but it was frustrating when you had to do it in a very timely fashion if you're being attacked. Yeah. Part of me was part of me was wishing because you can go into the menu system and see all your dances and they're all there. It made me really wish that there was like a Mega Man sort of selection style to it, where instead of hitting select, doing your dance, and then if you mess it up, well then you got to start it over again. If you mess it up, you got to start it over again. It was Mega Man style. You could have just selected the dance that you wanted in the menu. And then when you're playing the game, you just hit select and then you just bam, switch. But at the same time, if you needed to switch from one animal form to another animal form, you could have done that without having to go into your sub menu and uh, having to select it individually. So it depends on the situation. Sometimes it could be a real pain in the butt because, like I said, you're getting attacked and you're getting just hammered and you're like, well, I'm you're frustrated because you're trying to get this thing to work. But the other, in other cases of the game, you kind of need that. So you don't have to go into your sub menu, you know, 30 times through it, a, uh, through it, a labyrinth in order to navigate where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do use the dances a lot and you, you, I, I don't like that. You have to go find us. You have to find a safe spot. You know, yeah, you um, really it was it, it was really hard if you needed to do it during like a boss fight, which was rare. Not and you didn't normally have to do it. The one that really pops out in my mind is when you fight Risky Boots at the very end. Um, I, I changed. I don't, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. But um, that was one where I had trouble because she's so fast and she's constantly attacking you and breaking up your dance rhythm. And the da- the timing on the dance was really weird. Did you find that? It took me a long time. That was kind of my criticism. That's why I put it down as a negative. I wouldn't say an or um, I would, well, sorry. What, what terminology did you want for <laughs> <A> that? Con. <laughs> con. Sorry, con. I was brain farting. No worries. Um, the reason why I originally thought of it as a con is like it was getting frustrating trying to get that timing down. I eventually got the hang of it, like the last what, hour and a half of the game. It really started to sync up with my thumb. Like, okay, now I can do this without much screw-ups getting into that rhythm was really tough though yeah i agree a a very fair point do you have any more pros um no i i everything else i can pretty much uh discuss through the rest of this but that was my majors for the uh the pros good good well why don't we uh jump into some cons then I have a big one. Uh, Can I? Do you mind if I start? Yeah, go for it. This is what is going to affect my final rating of the game uh, for sure, and that is this game has no map. And that I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right. Drove me nuts. Uh, the closest game I can compare it to that had this similar problem was Metroid 2 on the original Game Boy. You ever played Metroid 2? I, that's another one that I need you to put in the monthly vlog. Well, then let I'll me tell you. Get to it. <laughs> you know, uh, playing a Metroidvania game without a map is next to impossible. I mean, without 
making your own map, essentially. And if I were a kid and I had this, I would have definitely made a map. But more often than not, I unfortunately, and I hate to admit this, I would have to look up a walkthrough to figure out what I was supposed to do next. Uh, because it's just, there's, it's a big game, which is great. I love that. But not having any sort of map feature was really difficult, especially going from town to town and remembering which town is where and how far I have to go and if there's alternate paths. And ugh, it was just, that was a mess for me. Did you have a problem with this? Honestly, I didn't even consider thinking of the, the map option, surprisingly. Really? Um, it, it was a little bit confusing in terms of, you know, it, the names just sound familiar, but you couldn't remember exactly where it is that you went before sometimes. Right. And in some cases, yeah, you can mean for one town, I think it had to be night before you could actually enter it at one point. Uh, the uh, zombie caravan, you could yeah. only enter at night, and only it was completely yeah. random where it was. So the best thing to do was to open up the... Uh, the uh, uh, portal or whatever the, the the warp portal or warp place to uh, to get there again. Otherwise, you just have yeah. to stumble upon it randomly. Yes, but no, a map definitely would have been a huge asset. Having you know completely slipped my mind to even consider thinking about that, uh, I just imagine the game never had one. But no, it's a very valid point. It, you it, didn't have a problem uh, with no map. I like can't believe this. That I was wouldn't like the first say I didn't thing have I a thought problem. of. Yeah. I I had to fumble my way to find a lot of things that I had to do. Did you but use a walkthrough at all? I used it a only when I really got stuck and I, like I said, I had I had to finish this. Right. So I would say my, my playthrough would be fifteen to twenty percent at most walkthrough. I tried to do it as much as possible without trying to spoil it. Gotcha. I was about 50% walkthrough. I got about halfway through the game, and then I just got really confused and frustrated. And again, you know, I want to do my due diligence on this podcast and make sure I get through the game of the month. And so I had to resort to a walkthrough. I don't know if I would if I wasn't under a time crunch, but it definitely definitely helped, especially with the labyrinths. The labyrinths in this game, so it's essentially you got the overworld, uh, and then there are four, or maybe if you want to count the last part, uh, five labyrinths in the game. And when I say labyrinth, they are labyrinths. There's nothing linear about them. You're going back and forth and traversing all over the place. And those could be really difficult without a map. Yeah, some of the puzzles, you'd even have to drag pieces from one part to another. Right, with the keys. And yeah, it was uh, it was no walk in the park. So I'm I'm amazed that you used a walkthrough as little as you did. I, like kudos to you. You got way more gaming cred than I did. I had to use the the walkthrough more so, like you said, for trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go in the overworld. When it came to the the actual dungeons, I got frustrated, but I kind of liked the challenge of trying to figure out what it was that I was supposed to do next. Awesome. Well, good. More more power to you, James. Uh, did you have a con you wanted to mention? Yeah, this one here is uh, this is a big one for me. If you right at the very beginning trying to go anywhere, you got stomped really quickly. Mm-hmm. Versus obviously later in the game once you have collected quite a few number of hearts, I found the balance of difficulty at the beginning versus the end was almost reversed. Yeah. 
No, I'm right there with you. I died a lot. Trying to go from one place to another with virtually no health because you just didn't have the heart containers. It was really difficult. You're either running and trying to avoid everything or trying to take out every enemy and just hoping that you would not get attacked as much. Versus the end, you could just scream around any which way you wanted and avoid every. You could literally fly at some points and just mm-hmm. be like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. Just fly through the whole set. Whereas at the beginning, you were screwed because you had no way to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes back to what we were talking about with the money. It was very hard to get hearts. Hearts oh, yeah. were not they, they were plentiful not at all. And um, at, there, there, we didn't really talk about it, but there is a day-night cycle in the game, which is great. And there are certain things that are affected by the day-night, one of them being the enemies. They actually are stronger at night. They take about twice as many hits to kill. Uh, which, oh, easily. Which is really annoying when you're trying to get around. And like you said, you can't fly through anything. you got to fight all these enemies that can kill you in like two hits. Um, I wanted to mention, I thought the boss fights were incredibly easy. I would say pretty much all of them. The only one that I kind of had trouble with, and that's just because you had to transform into uh, an animal creature, was I believe it was the second one. That's where you had to transform into, what was it, the elephant? The elephant, yeah. And you had to jump up on its fist and then ram him in the face before you could transform out of that form and then start whipping with the hair. Right, right. That was, a, that was a tough one. That was that should have been a later boss battle as far as I'm concerned because it was, well, like I said, the, the balance of difficulty seemed almost reversed in some cases. Whereas the later on battles, it was just like, I think one of them was like a creature that just almost stood there and did nothing. You whip him, to, you know, five, six times, and then he rolls into a ball for a couple of couple of rounds around the arena, doesn't touch you once, and then just goes back into standing still again. I was mm-hmm. like, this is the boss battle? I know. Uh, they could have put a little bit more uh, R&D into the boss fights, especially I, the one that really, and this is a little spoilery because it's towards the end of the game, but Risky Boots builds this giant Tinkerbat machine, right? And you think like, oh my goodness, like what a crazy boss fight this is going to be, this giant Tinkerbat machine. There, there's no fight to it. You literally just have to go around and destroy things. Nothing is getting in your way. That It was such a wasted opportunity, right? Yeah, it basically just seemed like like busy work. There, there really was no challenge to it at all. Like, no. As long as you could navigate your way through it and destroy uh, the four stones that you're collecting. That was it. Disappointment. I mean, but thank goodness the, the risky, risky boots. Yeah, that was fair. tough. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. As much as she was, uh, she was a formidable foe, which should be for the very end battle. Yeah, she was well done. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing. There was nothing a ton bad of variety there. with her. It wasn't just one attack. She was able to do multiple different things and be able to change it up for you and throw you off for a surprise. And can I tell you a little secret? I may have used the walkthrough and figured out a really easy way to fight risky boots yeah you, you can go for it I, I actually did it legit with the hair surprisingly you did it with the hair do you know what the yep. trick is i don't know Shoot so me. if you transform into the spider and you have the spider venom attack which is something you have to find all the animals have like an attack you can find for them uh, the spider one is the last one you can get but if you have the spider venom attack you can just spam risky boots and killer like pretty much right away 
uh, it's just kind of a neat little thing. You can challenge yourself and do it the way you did, or you can take the easy way out like I did. I took the easy way out. Yeah, I, I'll admit. I'll admit. I took the easy way out. I don't even care. No, fair enough. I I like hearing the different ways, but I thought it was really fun, actually. Uh, like, it was a good couple-of-minute battle. I think I might have had to restart it two or three times because she, she's really freaking quick, especially when you're trying to battle her with, like, her against her. It's not an easy challenge, and even then I found whipping her standing up didn't work. I had to crouch down and hit her in the pants, and that's what did the most damage for me to get rid of her. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, I that I'm 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 running out of stuff to talk about. Do you have anything you want to mention? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the greatest things that I found for detail in this uh, was actually the the race against Roddy Tops. Uh, you have to be here in a race in order for her to help you uh, progress further. Mm-hmm. And that race. Oh, well, there's there's no penalty. You can do it as many times as you want. And, you know, you do it four or five, six times. You're like, why does she have such a commanding lead? And it didn't sit right with me that she was able to get so far ahead of you so fast. And then I finally clued in that you have the the three lanterns, which act as your, your ready, start, go. And it almost worked on, like, Mario Kart rules, where if you sit there and just hold the gas before you're ready to go, you just spin your tires and you go nowhere and the whole pack goes in front of you. Yeah. If you sit there and wait until that third light hits and then touch the controls, you can be ahead of her before the first jump. Really? I kid you not. I had no idea. That yeah, was I was always playing catch-up. That is the way that I was able to do it. Because I was like, I just, I thought there's got to be a way because you didn't even catch up with her until like the last 75% otherwise. Right. Whereas I was able to get in front of her before the first jump, basically, and then just she couldn't touch me the rest of the race. Oh. So those uh, those three lights actually mean something. It's not just a pretty pretty little decoration on the screen. If you follow those lights in the race, you can actually get in front of her really quickly, and then that race is, like, very, very easy. There you go. Hot tip. You heard it here. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah, no, it took me, like, 15 tries to finally win that stupid race. Yeah, it was like at least eight or nine for me. And then like I was just sitting there. I was like, there's got to be something that I'm missing here. And then when I saw one of my failed attempts, I'm like, those lights, I bet you those are probably got something to do with that. That. And then when I tried it on my next round, I mean, I just blew past her. Funny. Huh. Well, there you go. Um, Anything else? Yeah, actually, let's get into the uh, the Game Boy Advance part of this. Because this was Game Boy Enhanced Advance. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So for this run, this playthrough, I opted as much as um, I had the EverDrive. I didn't go for the Game Boy Color, mostly because I wanted a backlit screen. I didn't want to ha- have to fight for a light to play this thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, screw it. It's still, in my opinion, legit original hardware fully supported and then obviously this one here at the uh the title screen it says game boy enhanced advanced or sorry game advanced enhanced that's a tongue twister (laughs) and uh what that is is actually getting a different form that you can only get when you're playing on the game boy advanced to turn into as uh one of your dances what 
This wasn't a part of the the one that you grabbed it, on the uh Is the it Game the Boy. one where you can uh like recover hearts? Nope. No, this is where you can actually play as a Tinkerbat. Oh I don't know if that was a part I at least I didn't get it. That that was awesome. What? So honestly, that that was like I mean the animal forms were I, I didn't hate them, but I didn't love them. But once I got the Tinkerbat, I was like, oh my god! I mean, I spent more time in the Tinkerbat form than Shantae for the rest of the game. Really? Because you basically get almost every attack that all the animals have. Plus, like instead of like uh, you going around collecting the different attacks for the animals. Like you uh, sort of did a collect-a-thon to find them. The Tinkerbat just takes care of everything. And I actually took down a little bit of notes here. Uh, it was in Bandit Town. Uh, if you're playing on a Game Boy Advance, you learn the Tinkerbat dance, which is exclusive to GBA players for 500 gems. And even when you learn this dance, it doesn't go into your inventory. You just got to have to remember how to do it. So, uh, uh. But basically what you get you turn into the Tinkerbat, which is basically the form of uh, what Risky Boots uses as uh, minions to attack you. And it includes a sword attack, the monkey climb, the spider climb, and the elephant rush attack, all in one character. Slightly modified, obviously. Instead of being an elephant, you have a big fist, and you can punch things to break them out of your way. Right. Uh, the monkey climb, it's basically, you know, you're in the Tinkerbat form, but you can climb like Spider-Man. Right. And the spider climb, instead of being a spider, you can just, uh, anything that was uh, sort of like a graded wall texture that the spider was able to do, the Tinkerbat was able to do as well. Plus, you had, a, uh, what do you call it, like a pirate cleaver sword at, for your attack whenever you wanted that, too. Get out of town. What? Super fun. You, oh, my goodness. You got to go back to Bandit Town and see if uh, the copy that you grabbed on, uh, what was it? The the eShop. The eShop. E you got to see if that's included in that or if, uh, or if they took it out for some reason because that was phenomenal fun playing as that character. I'll be darned. I had no idea. Huh. That's awesome. As soon as we're done with this, just YouTube it. Yeah, you'll yeah. See, you'll see someone playing it, and you'll be like, oh, my God, I want to play as that uh, character. That's it's funny. It's so much fun. Wow, yeah, that would have changed a lot. Huh. Well, awesome. I missed out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't missed out. You just need to go back and see if you can do it. Well, I guess so. <laughs> Honestly, it's worth it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's a really fun character to get to, to, get to use. Huh. I don't know if they brought that back in any of the other games. That's really cool. I like that. I like it a lot. I tell you, you know, I'm learning every time I do one of these podcasts, and then I realize i got to write down how many pros we had and how many cons we had and see, like, does this game have more pros and cons? I believe this game has more pros than cons, but I wish I had a number for you. So go back, listeners, and, and do a tally yourselves. But I'm going to say this landed in the pro column. Would you agree with me, James? Oh, definitely a pro. I, I would say majority of our cons were minor gripes. Nitpicks. They were nitpicks. They weren't technically like game-breaking cons. They were just criticisms more Correct. so than anything. Correct. And with that, James, are you ready for my three questions of doom? Absolutely. Oh, I'm very excited. Question number one. Is this a good portable game? Oh, freaking absolutely. I would agree. I think it could have used with a few more save points. 
and I wish the uh, the warping was a little bit easier to unlock to make it easier to get to a save point. But on yeah, the whole, collectathons with the squids, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big collectathon guy. Yeah, on the whole, though, I think this was a good portable game. Question number two: Should this game belong in your collection? I'm going to answer this with two answers. Ooh. Yes, if you're willing to put out the money for it. But if you're not willing to put out the money for it, I understand that. Go with an EverDrive if you want to do my route and play on original hardware or grab it off the eShop. But regardless, this is absolutely worthy of at least some of everybody playing it. 100%. And I agree. And uh, another option you have, as I found out as I was perusing eBay earlier, is there's plenty of reproductions out there of Shantae that you can get. I didn't for, even consider that. Where you can get it for like 15 bucks, and it looks really nice. They got some different color carts you can get. Uh, the most popular one seems to be a red cart. Um, but so that there's plenty of options to get Shantae for less than five hundred dollars. Yeah, 15 bucks. That's pretty reasonable. I would accept that. Yeah, absolutely. Question number three out of five, five being perfect, how would you rate this game? Alrighty, and I've known my research. You do not allow points rules. Nope, it's one, two, three, four, five. All right, I'm going to try and skate through this with my traditional fashion of trying to find a little bit of an escape goat, though. So just humor me on this. Okay. I'm going to give this a four. Mm-hmm. But it is such a high four that it is on the brink that it almost could have been a five with <laughs> the exception. If there was no criticisms at all, then it would have been a five. But because we had our minor nitpicks, what game is technically really perfect? It's a four, but it is a extremely strong four. Well, I don't do extremely highs or extremely lows, but I am also going to give it a four. And I would say this. If it had a map, it'd be a five for me. That's the one thing that's holding it back for me. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Everything else, eh, I can deal with. But the map, that is the one thing holding it back from it really just feeling polished and perfect. Uh, which I believe, did they have maps in the later ones? I think they do have maps in the later games. I know Half Genie Hero has a map, but that doesn't play like the Metroidvania style that we're used to. I can't remember if Pirate's Curse does or not. But either way, two fours, that's great. You should play this game. But it doesn't matter what we think, James. Of course, as you know, it matters what you guys out there in Cartridge Club world think. And I asked you to submit some two-word reviews, and we got some good ones this month. Uh, everybody jumped aboard the pun train. We got some fun puns out there. Or, uh, I guess, just clever two-word reviews. Anyway, we're going to read them right now. James, do you have the list? I do. Okay, uh, let's see. Do you... You know what? Why don't I go first? I'll start it off. Church said, love it. I think he echoes the sentiments that we have. Oh, for sure. Um, we have here Matt Bandy with Headbanger. There's no pun intended there at all. There you go. Very, very clever. And uh, keeping with that, Chris R. says hair raising. <laughs> now that's a good one. I like that. Clever. Hair raising. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to read this one, James. I was just going to say, I apologize if I butchered this horribly. <laughs> Neo 
Vagenia. Oh, come Evangelion. on. No, no, no. You got to say that right. You got to help me out with that one then. <laughs> Just split it into two words. Neo. Neo? Yep. What's the second part? Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted you to read it. <laughs> okay. Never. Okay. Sorry. Neo Vagina. Evangelion. There Is that go. more correct? Yeah. Nailed it. Love okay. it. Okay. Paid $350. Which is actually a great deal, as I come to find out. If, if Neo Vagina Evangelion, if you got it for $350, uh, according to eBay, that is a great deal. So, well done. I hope that's a, an original cart you got there. Oh, I certainly hope so. Hopefully it's not a red cart. Then you, <laughs> yeah. you know you got a problem. <laughs> uh, Doug Plummer said, 2D Genie. Which, you know, I'm going to take this moment to say it's actually remained 2D all the way throughout, even into the modern games. The modern games no longer have a pixel art style there. Uh, it's like hand-drawn, which is absolutely beautiful if you haven't played any of the uh, later games. They look stunning. And I wish more games did this hand-drawn style, like a la, you know, Cuphead did a similar thing. I just, I love that style. Yeah, no, they, they all look pretty wonderful. Yeah. And in the, the later games, you get some really awesome artwork for just the characters when they do their back and forth um, word bubbles or whatever. Yeah, when they're, when they're having they're conversations. There, yeah. There's some incredible artwork. Yeah, for sure. And finally. And then I guess this one's here is uh, myself here, the Master Welch, which is badass. And I like it. It's badass with question marks because I think uh, this is working on two levels. Uh, badass, as in Shantae's a badass half-genie hero that's kicking butt and taking names. But also, with her dancing, um, one might interpret it the wrong way and, and say, badass? I don't think so. But <laughs> I don't know if I explained that right. You know what I'm talking about, James. Absolutely. If I can just be a guy for a moment, uh, Shante is not a badass. Yeah, yeah, I, I can say that. Uh, I know this is a family show, so you know I was trying to keep. Uh, We're keeping it PG thirteen this keep, episode. Keeping my I things PG thirteen, but um, I, I guess since you brought that up, um, every female character in this game is very gifted in the chest region as well. Just gifted all around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we'll leave it. So thank you out there for the two-word reviews. James, did you have a two-word review? Yes, I do. And I will uh, hit you up with it right here. And I'm going to give this a booty shaken. Ooh, I like it. Kind of uh, echoing the the last uh, two-word review we just read. Love it. Um, I didn't even think about a two-word review. You know what I'm going to say? More wishes, because that's always the thing you, you're not supposed to ask uh, a genie, is for more wishes. They can't grant more wishes, but I'm going to ask for more wishes. Actually, you know what? I saw a funny little comic about uh, someone asking a genie for more wishes, and the genie says, I can't do that. It's against the law. And so what does the person do? Wishes for more genies, which I thought was pretty clever. Yeah, actually, I, I can respect that. 
So there you go. That, that's a good, that's a, that's a good scapegoat. I like that. I'll say, so, I'll say more genies. More genies. All right. Let's go uh, with more genies. And there we go. Now, before we polish off Shante for the month of January 2019, I always like to leave you guys with a little bit more. If you liked what you played this month and you want to keep that going, or maybe you didn't like it and you want to play something uh, that I think is good, I always like to pass on a recommendation. And uh, for this month, I'm going to say if you like this, you might also like Shante and the Pirate's Curse for the 3DS. Like I said, that was the first Shantae game I played, and I absolutely loved it. That is what had me fall in love with the Shantae franchise. It's a little bit different um, than this one. Uh, it's still the Metroidvania style, but there's actually no transformations in it, which uh, is interesting. I don't know if you knew that, James. Did you do you remember this one at all? Have you played it? I don't remember. I don't remember them at all. I have them sitting on the shelf, but I haven't touched them in a couple of years. It's really fun. If you yeah. if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to recommend? Um, I'm gonna do it a little bit different than what you did because it's not directly related to Shantae. Sure, that's but fine. But I'm gonna say this is a recommendation that I grew up with as a kid. That is. Pretty reasonable if you're like the run and gun shooters, but you know, stupidly more affordable than this. I think a loose cartridge roughly is like 10 15 bucks. Um, Operation C that was uh, the contra, I don't think it was an actual launch title for the original Game Boy, but it was within the first year of that hitting store shelves, and I absolutely adored that when I was a kid. Yeah, that, that's the, really uh, the contra good. game on the, the original Game Boy. It's really well done for such an early title, and it's really, really affordable. I, I can't recommend that enough if you've never played it. It's really good fun. I agree. I have played that. I own it, and it is amazing. In fact, I've wanted to do a run-and-gun game uh, for a while now on the CC Portable, and let's just say that we may be playing a run-and-gun game coming up in the near future. But that's oh, all I'm going to say. I'm down for it, whatever the choice ends up being. That's all I'm going to say right now. Uh, because that is it for Shantae. We have made it to the end. And, uh, yeah, what what a fun game. I know uh, the price holds a lot of people back from playing it. But like we said, there are many ways that you can track down this game. And I would recommend seeking it out and giving it a shot. Oh, 100%. I, I was actually a little sad when I finished it. I was like, eh, I kind of needed a couple more hours put into the, a couple more hours to, to enjoy it. Once I got to the end, I sort of put my Game Boy down on the table. I was like, darn, what am I going to do now? Well, you got all those other games you, uh, sitting on your shelf, the other Shantae games. Pop those in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the, the nice thing with the Game Boy is able to, you know, sit on the couch, take it up to bed, do what I wanted with it. I, I like the fact that I wasn't tied to a TV, but actually, was it the most recent one? I think I actually bought that on the Switch, so I think that might actually be the next one that I do. There you go. Love it. Well, why don't we jump into what's coming up in the CC Portable in the next coming months. Very exciting. I'm really looking forward to 2019. I just want to say I don't like to spoil too much ahead. I give the next three months, but I kind of know what's coming up beyond that, and I am very excited for this year. Um, and I'm going to share some of that with you right now. So coming up in February, we're doing Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS. James, have you ever played this game? I have not, but I know that it was kind of a love-hate title. Oh, boy. This one is going to 
be fun to talk about. I played the first level, and it's a trip. I will say that much for now. That's all I'll say. Can't wait to talk about it next month. Uh, and then in March, we are having March Madness 2019. So what is that? Well, it's got nothing to do with basketball. In fact, it is a poll that I shot out to you guys. I said, what system do you want to play? What we do in March is we play one system instead of one game, and you can play anything you want for that system. Uh, I did add the caveat this year that whatever system got chosen, if it plays games from different systems, you can't do that anymore. Last year we played the 3DS and the DS. You could kind of mix and match and play whatever. This year you can only play a game that was developed for that particular system. And that system that you guys chose in the poll on Twitter was the Game Boy Advance. So in March, you can play whatever you want as long as it is a Game Boy Advance game. What do you think, James? Oh, that sounds great. I'm actually going to have to dig through my carts and see what I got floating around for that. Yeah, I started going through and uh, seeing if there was anything that uh, jumped out at me. Um, and uh, actually, last year, see, and this this goes, this is kind of why I made this rule. Last year, uh, the DS, I think it was the the DS, 3DS got chosen, and I did a, the, a Game Boy Advance game on my DS Lite. So, <laughs> see, what do I know? I'm uh, that's yeah, why I. Why, why you're tightening down the rules a little bit? Then. Exactly, exactly. But uh, the Game Boy Advance doesn't get a lot, or we haven't played a lot of Game Boy Advance games on the CC Portable, so I know I have a lot that I want to play. I just got to sit down and, and choose what that is going to be. So that's what's coming up in so March. So technically, if it's the Game Boy Advance, I guess the uh, the Game Boy Micro counts, because that only plays Game Boy Advance. Correct. Yes. Do you have a Micro? I do have a Micro. Oh, you can whip that out and play that. It, it, is, it is a really tiny screen, though. It's very small, <laughs> yeah. You don't realize how small it is until you go from an RPG on the Advance and then you load it on that thing and you're like, whoa. Like you can't read anything. <laughs> you need to get it with the magnifying glass. Right. That's funny. But it's it's a wonderful little console, though. I absolutely love it. But you need to be selective what you're going to play on it. Right. Uh, and then April, we are here. The big reveal. What are we going to be playing in April? Well, I'm very excited. I wanted to do something. James, have you do you watch the Marvel movies? I've seen probably nearly all of them. I might have skipped the odd one, but I'd say for the most part, yeah, say 90% of them. Well, you're familiar with uh the Avengers, I assume. Oh yeah, absolutely. And how this big Marvel connected universe is you know, finally coming to the end of this giant arc they've been building to uh, with Avengers Endgame, right? Yep. Well, that comes out at the end of April. And so I thought to coincide with the Avengers, because there's a lot of excitement and everybody seems to love Marvel right now, I wanted to play a Marvel game. And so I started doing my research on what good handheld Marvel games were out there. And... Uh, as it turns out, there's not a lot, to be honest, uh, but there are a few. And as I picked through which ones I thought might make a good CC Portable game, I decided, you know what we haven't done yet in the CC Portable? We haven't played a beat-em-up, a good old-fashioned beat-em-up. And there just so happens to be a great, supposedly, allegedly, great beat-em-up for the Nintendo DS 
based on a Marvel character. Do you know what that is, James? I actually have no idea. Oh, well, good, because then I will tell you right now, my friend, it is the God of Thunder himself, Thor. Yeah, I had no idea there was a Thor game for the for the DS, actually. Absolutely. Apparently, it's worth seeking out and playing. I don't know. I haven't played it yet. It's actually developed by Sega or released by Sega or something. I don't know. Sega's on the... On the uh, on the case. So Sega's got something to do with it, but it's it's there. So that's well, what I'm we're going to be playing. Uh, that I know Sega was uh, possibly had a hand on it. So, yeah, no, I'll add it to my hunt list next time I'm uh, gallivanting around the flea markets. Absolutely. And it's not a very hard uh, to find game. It's not very expensive. You should be able to get it, you know, between 10 and 20 bucks. Uh, and that is going to be for the Nintendo DS, like I said. So we will be celebrating the Avengers in April with Thor. And that's what's coming up in the next three months for CC Portable. Sounds fantastic. <sighs> Thank you, sir. I try very hard. Uh, but I couldn't do it without you guys. And speaking of you guys, uh, where can we find everyone? And where can we chat and talk about all these great games uh, and CC Portable and CC Prime. Well, you can find all of that at cartridgeclub.org, where you can jump on the forums, which I would encourage, where you can uh, share your experiences right alongside us. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at CC Portable Unite, and let me know what games you'd like to play, or if you'd like to be a special guest like my good friend James here. And James, before we. Uh, Right off into the sunset, why don't you tell me uh, where we can find you and uh, what's coming up in the world of James? Coming up in the world of James, um, you can find me um, at RetroPixel, which is spelled I-L at the end, not E-L, because, you know, I couldn't fight for that name on Twitter. Mm. Um, you can find me on the Cartridge Club, um, on YouTube, if you really want to find me really easy i actually own the domain retropixel.ca so you type that into any browser and it automatically pops you right onto my youtube channel oh that's great i didn't know that yeah retropixel.ca bam it automatically just loads into my youtube account now so and you're uh, you're pretty regular with your youtube videos uh not as much as i should have been over the past month but um i've got a lot of things on the go uh february you... is going to be a triumphant return i've already got a few things uh pre-done they're in editing mode right now um one of them i'm hoping to have launched by uh by this sunday though so that'll be what the first weekend of february which is kind of what i had planned on nice nice yeah, you do. Uh, you sort do of, a lot. Of, you do kind of a, of a variety. A little bit of, of a things. Christmas break, if you will. That's yeah. That's I fine. had a Christmas break. We'll call it that to sort of re-energize. But uh, but but I've been doing a bit of stuff in the background, so thing things are go. Well, definitely uh, check out James on the YouTube's and Twitter. And with that, I will say thank you for being here, James. This was a lot of fun, and um, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for setting aside the time to come and. Be on my little dinky podcast. No, oh, this this was a blast, man, and I I'm thrilled that you picked a game that I've been trying to get my well, not get my hands on. I was I should have been able to play it a couple of years ago with the EverDrive, but I just never set aside the time, and this was the driving force that I needed. And I'm saddened that I didn't actually experience it sooner because it really was a phenomenal title. I couldn't agree more.
Well, thank you very much. And do uh, you want to hit me with those words? Where's Joe? <laughs> Where's Joe? <laughs> CC Unites. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll see you guys next month for Kid Icarus Uprising. <laughs>